passing live this life, but son, we don't see shade. She caught my eye, man, make my wife. I know she wanna be saved. everybody to a new episode of Inside the Dome. I am John Dodaro and today it is just me on this Friday. It is just me talking to all of you today. I am recording this on a Wednesday. Little disclaimer, I'm recording this on a Wednesday and on Wednesday Carlin was at a Penguins game so he was unavailable and a little fun story for everybody listening. This episode nearly did not happen this week. I have been very busy myself with schoolwork. Carlin has been busy. And I got lucky on Wednesday night. I had a lot of time on my hands. So I decided to sit down and record two solo episodes. One for Beyond the Dome. One for Inside the Dome. So this one is dropping on Friday. So happy Friday. Everybody listening on Friday. You are going to just hear me for the next probably hour max. I don't know if I'd go any longer. I'd be surprised. If I could talk that long by myself, but we will see. So hope you all enjoy this episode very much. So we are going to talk about the top sports topics in the sports world today. Over the past week, there's been a decent amount to talk about. Maybe not as much as the previous weeks, but there's still a good amount to talk about in the NFL, NBA, NHL a little bit. And then there's some other sports news that we will talk about, but We usually start with the NFL first, so that is what we are going to do. But we're not going to start on a high note, because on Wednesday, the day that I am recording this, something terrible happened. So the Chiefs won the Super Bowl. Definitely check out our Super Bowl reaction episode when you get the chance, if you have not already. But the Chiefs had their parade on Wednesday, and normally after... Most championship wins for NFL teams, NHL, MLB, NBA, they have parades at their city where people can celebrate the team without having to worry. Well, unfortunately, there was another shooting in our country today in the United States. Another shooting happened, um, took place during the parade believe multiple people have been arrested. I'm not going to mention specifics because like I said, uh, I'm recording this on a Wednesday, so news can change till Friday. So I don't want to like say how many people were injured and stuff like that because that could change from what I would tell you right now. But something that came out 29 minutes ago from the time I'm recording, someone who did pass away was a DJ on a radio station, 90.1 FM radio station in the Kansas City area. Uh, She passed away. She had two kids as well. That was one of the confirmed deaths at the shooting. Just, I'm not going to get political. I'm not going to do that. We don't talk politics on this show. We're not going to give our political views. But it's a shame that it's almost just something normal at this point it's happened essentially at any event possible at a concert at a school grocery stores churches now a parade 
it's happened. It's just sad. It really is. It's just truly sad that this is happening still. Uh, thoughts and prayers out to the families that were affected, uh, especially the one incident I just said. Um, thoughts and prayers out to everybody, but it sucks. It completely sucks, and now that's the only thing that Chiefs players are going to think about. They can't celebrate anymore because the last time they tried to celebrate, somebody died. But it's a shame that it is a new normal in the country of the United States. It is a shame. I don't know how it stops. I don't because our government is messed up. But it's a shame that we have to talk about this because it happened. And honestly, at this point, it means more than the Chiefs winning a Super Bowl now. Like somebody died trying to celebrate. Kids were injured in this too. That was something that came out. Uh, hopefully the news gets better on Friday, but multiple kids were injured. It's just terrible. It's just terrible. So thoughts and prayers out to the families and it, it's probably just the worst way to celebrate now, but hopefully there is a change one day in our country. Hopefully people can come together and figure out a solution that can help out everybody Hopefully that happens, but thoughts and prayers out to everybody. But I wanted to mention that to start the episode because I think that is the most important thing that happened on the day I'm recording this. But some other NFL news that happened, coach updates that have happened. Um, only two I got this week, only two updates. One of them happened on Wednesday. The other one happened a bit earlier, but the Cowboys starting off with the Cowboys, they hired Mike Zimmer as their new defensive coordinator. So Mike Zimmer, he was the former head coach of the Minnesota Vikings, and he got fired and was replaced by Kevin O'Connell, who is doing a pretty good job with the Vikings, I would say. He has now been hired by the Cowboys as their defensive coordinator. Obviously, Dan Quinn was their former defensive coordinator, and now he is the head coach of the Washington Commanders. So I think it's a good hire. And I'll say this with this kind of hire. This could do wonders, and let me tell you why. So, with the Kansas City Chiefs, one of the reasons why they have won three Super Bowls is because of their defensive coordinator, Spieg Spagnola. He was a former head coach, and he got fired after a disastrous job. So now he is a defensive coordinator for the Chiefs. What's good with that? is the chances of Steve Spagnola becoming a head coach again are extremely slim because people know of the history. Same with guys like Josh McDaniels and others. They're not going to get head coaching jobs. So he, Steve's, Steve Spagnola now being on the Chiefs as their defensive coordinator, and he was just extended too, it's huge for the Chiefs. We've talked about over the past couple of weeks how the coordinating position has changed so much and it's so recyclable now because a lot of coordinators become head coaches and they're usually the top candidates. It is so valuable to get a coordinator that is likely to not become a head coach. It is so valuable. So the chiefs have huge value in Steve Spagnuolo, but going back to Mike Zimmer, just him being a fired head coach. Let's say he does great as the, the, the defensive coordinator for the Cowboys. 
chances of him getting another head coaching job are slimmer. Then again, it happened. Dan Quinn was able to get a head coaching job still. That's an exception to what I'm saying, but I don't think it's going to pan out well. I don't think he's a great head coach, but I think this could be good for the Cowboys. I think if Zimmer does a great job, uh, he will benefit this team greatly, and the Cowboys could benefit in the long run. But the question will be, is if this hire lasts long because if Mike McCarthy fails this season, he could be fired along with his coaching staff. So it's a good hire. I would say it's a good hire for the moment. They needed a replacement. So we will see what happens. Cowboys fans, I don't know if you're happy or not, but we will see. The other big thing that happened with coach updates is the 49ers fired defensive coordinator, Steve Wilkes. He has been fired and you could call him scapegoat potentially for the defensive struggles. And honestly, he could be a respectable scapegoat because this defense regressed a bit. With the talent that they have, they should be unstoppable in a way. And Patrick Mahomes was able to tear them apart. Now, you could say Dre Greenlaw got injured and stuff like that, but their secondary's been weak. Like, they haven't performed well. They've been giving up a lot of yards. So... You also do look at their previous two defensive coordinators, one being Robert Sala, who was too good, and he became a head coach. And then you look at the Mecca Ryans, who was too good and became a head coach. So I'd say Steve Wilkes has been a regression compared to Sala and the Mecca Ryans. And I think they could do better. He was, he could have potentially been the head coach for the Carolina Panthers, but that did not work out. But I think Wilkes gets another job somewhere else, probably not as a defensive coordinator, but I think it's a fine move. I don't think Wilkes has been that great. 49ers fans have complained about him a decent amount. He had actually, I think he was like up in the booth, and then he had to move down to the sidelines because their defense wasn't that great. And I think that helped slightly, kind of pulled a little Matt Canada move there. But it's not a bad move for the Niners. I think they could find somebody better. Shanahan usually has good coaching staffs, which is funny though. I'll say this too before I move on. Shanahan's coaching staff is always so good because so many of them get new positions. You look at uh, Mike McDaniel, for example. He became a head coach. Demeca Ryans became a head coach. Robert Sala became a head coach. A lot of these Niners coaches get other positions. They get upgrades. Uh, their passing game coordinator is now the offensive coordinator for the New Orleans Saints. Kyle Shanahan has an incredible coaching tree. He has an incredible coaching tree. So that's why I think he can find a better defensive coordinator because he just generates so many good coaches. He really does. So I think it's a good move for the 49ers, and I'm excited to see who they get next. But a couple other things happened in the NFL. Actually, this is the last thing I'm going to talk about the NFL. But the awards happened the nfl awards happened uh this happened before the super bowl so we were unable to react to this so all the awards were given out so we'll start with the mvp it went to lamar jackson and i think it was a great move i think it was great season now the numbers aren't like huge mvp numbers but you look at what he did near the end of the season dominating arguably the best team in the league at the time, the San Francisco 49ers, just dominating them and just being the best team in the league. Lamar Jackson was the best player on the Ravens. He was the best player on the best team. I think it's straightforward. There was one vote that went to Josh Allen. 
to be MVP. Lamar only won 49 to 1. It was not unanimous. And some people were upset about that. Stephen A. Smith was very upset about that. But I like Lamar as the MVP. He had a great season. Uh, Dak was close, too. Then he kind of started to fan out a bit at the end. But Josh Allen wasn't bad, but his turnovers were so bad, and they were nearly costly in a lot of games. So I could not give it to Josh Allen with the amount of turnovers he had. But I like Lamar Jackson as the MVP. Um, other awards, I'm also going off the top of my head here. Uh, head coach of the year went to Kevin Stefanski. A lot of people thought that Demeka Ryans could have won it. And I think if Stefanski didn't have the year he did, I think I would have given it to Demeka Ryans too. And also too, you only look at the regular season. You don't look at the playoffs. So Demeka Ryans beating Stefanski does not count when you look at coach of the year. Kevin Stefanski, let's talk about what he had to deal with. His starting quarterback barely played and was out for the season. His running back, RB1, who is one of the best running backs in the entire league, out week two, Nick Chubb. You have lose multiple guys on the O-line. You're starting two right tackles. You're starting Larry Tackle and your backup out for the season. Defense. Zadari Smith got hurt. So many people in the defense got hurt. And Kevin Stefanski was able to keep this team with like a 10-7 and record with Joe Flacco as the quarterback. Joe Flacco. Kevin Stefanski was able to make it work. He even won a game against the San Francisco 49ers with P.J. Walker as his quarterback. He beat my Steelers with Dorian Thompson-Robinson as my quarterback. He had to deal with four quarterbacks, and they still had an incredible record. And going into the playoffs, they were arguably contenders, especially with the defense they had. He deserved it. He deserved it. Demeco Rines was close. It's incredible what he did that you could give a lot of credit to CJ Stroud in the season he had and also Bobby Slowick for his incredible coordinating. But Kevin Stefanski did an incredible job. Jim Schwartz should also get some praise to the defensive coordinator who I think got an award too for like best assistant coach. So shout out to him, Stefanski. He deserved it. Uh, sticking with the Browns, we'll just, we'll just go with the players who I've just mentioned. So, Joe Flacco, one comeback player of the year. The other two candidates that I think had a shot were DeMar Hamlin and Baker Mayfield. And I like it. Like I said, looking at the regular season, you don't look at the playoffs. And I think after the playoffs, a lot of people wanted Baker Mayfield to get it for him beating the Eagles and nearly the Lions. But you don't look at playoffs. I think this should have gone to Joe Flacco. I think I would have voted for him too. Just the fact that Joe Flacco was essentially irrelevant at the start of the season. Irrelevant. On the couch. Not on a team. Not on a practice squad. And then midway through the season, the Deshaun Watson injuries are happening. And he essentially gets invited to join the practice squad. And around this time, I told Carlin, pick up Joe Flacco in fantasy because in Carlin's league, the quarterbacks were very slim. So I told him to pick up Joe Flacco because I thought that he could be the starting quarterback for the Browns because Deshaun Watson's out, P.J. Walker wasn't getting it done, and Doreen Thompson-Robinson, I was not very confident in him. I thought Joe Flacco could have been the starter for that team, and it happened. And it essentially revived the Browns' season. He deserved it. He really did. Incredible little second half of the season there for Joe Flacco. He deserved it. 
for essentially coming back and being a starter, proving that he can still play in the NFL given the right system. Obviously, Stefanski gave him a great system. He really also revived Amari Cooper and David Njoku as well. Gave them both great seasons as well. So he deserved it. Uh, Damar Hamlin, I think he would have won it if he played more in the season. It's incredible. His story. His story is incredible. The day where he had his heart attack was probably one of the scariest days in sports. It really was. I was scared for him. I remember where I was that day, too. It was just a sad day. We were all praying for him. And it's incredible that he's back. It's incredible. I think the reason why he didn't win was just because when he came back, he at most was just on special teams, made a couple plays, like a couple tackles. He just didn't play much. So then I think you look at Joe Flacco coming back and taking the Browns to the playoffs. I think that's why he won over the Mar. But the Mar Hamlin story is incredible. It is. I love what he's done since. And it's a great story. It is. So shout out to DeMar Hamlin. An incredible comeback in general, despite him not winning an award. Baker Mayfield, nice comeback. But I truly think that Baker Mayfield is going to get overpaid. He's going to get paid like 40 plus million, probably by the Bucks, And I think it's going to come back to haunt them. He had a nice comeback, but they're losing their coordinator. And I don't think he has the same kind of season. Great story, though, that Baker Mayfield was able to find some more relevance again. But I think Joe Flacco deserved it. Speaking of Browns players again, Defensive Player of the Year went to Miles Garrett. Whew. Yep, he beat T.J. Watt. And essentially, T.J. Watt beat him in almost every single stat possible, led the league in sacks, did more than Miles Garrett statistically-wise, but they were essentially just looking at the sheer dominance of Miles Garrett. Yeah, I'm biased. I'm very biased. T.J. Watt should have won this award. He should have won it. He was the best defensive player. He had a huge impact for the Steelers team. Huge impact. And you even just see in the playoffs, they lost when he when he was out. It's very simple right there. TJ Watt should have won it. Miles Garrett had a good season. Very good season. But I just think they were just looking at just talent alone. Very dominant player in his own right. But I just don't think he had the better season. People are even like early in the season, like Michael Parsons was the favorite and his stats don't even line up close to being a defensive player of the year. I think it should have been a lot. They've kind of been uh, underlooking him or overlooking him in a way throughout this whole season. So it was kind of expected when Miles Garrett won, but it's all right. TJ Watt already won. He'll win next year. And yeah, Miles Garrett, I'm biased, but Moving on again, Rookie of the Year, Offensive Rookie of the Year, went to C.J. Stroud. And the only other person that could have won this was Puka Nakua. I think there was a case for Puka Nakua to win this. I think there was. For him setting like all the rookie records for a receiver, especially being a guy selected in the fifth round and nobody knowing who he was until week one, I think he... Oh, man. But then you look at Stroud and what he did. It's... It's almost like when Herbert and Justin Jefferson were going at it for this award. It's like, who do you give it to? It's tough. But 
Puka did so much for that team. He really did, especially when Cooper Cup was not the same and he was injured. Puka Nakua helped this team out. He dominated my Steelers, and then you just look at what he did in the playoffs too. With Stroud, though, he essentially, second overall pick, people doubted him from the start with like the whole cognitive test and all that. And he took this team to the playoffs. He did. Davis Mills would have never done that. Case Keenum would have never done that. CJ Stroud took this team that was the worst team in the league, arguably last year, and he took them to the playoffs. That game against the Bucks, where he had like five touchdowns, game winning touchdowns, game winning drives against the Bengals. I think you give it to Stroud here. It's a quarterback favorite league. Just look at the MVP race. And yeah, I think this should have went to Stroud, but Puka, any other year, Puka would have won this. If Stroud didn't have the season that he had, if they maybe didn't make the playoffs, I would have given it to Puka. But it's tough. Shout out to Puka Nakua, though. He had a fantastic season. Though You could say he only broke the record because he just came in the stat pad when he really didn't have to. But shout out to both of them. But Stroud took their team to the playoffs, and he had a lot of... Uh, he had a lot to do with it. He really did. So CJ Stroud deserved it. Defensive player of the year went to Will Anderson from the Texans. I liked it. I'm not going to go into it too deep. Great pick right there. Um, other awards. Offensive player of the year went to McCaffrey, I believe. So he at least was able to win something. So. I think that's it for awards. I think that's it off the top of my head. At least those are the big awards that happen. So we're going to jump away from the NFL now a little bit. So NBA. A lot happened in the NBA a little bit. A lot happened. Uh, I'm going to start with the trade deadline now because that happened. And before I get into the moves, I'll talk about my Warriors first because... They could have made some moves, and it just came out on Wednesday that they actually contacted LeBron James, and they were considering getting LeBron James. And, God, I would love to see that dream on Steph, LeBron on the court. The Warriors could have made a trade. They could have. They have a lot of pieces. They have, like, one of the biggest benches I've ever seen. They have so many guys. And... They're starting to figure it out. I'll get to them as a team in a little bit. They're starting to figure it out now, but they have a lot of pieces. I thought they could have made a move just to go all in because you have Steph, you have Clay, you have Draymond Green, and I feel like they could have gone all in just when you have those guys. But I like the way the team is going, and I'll get to them in a little bit more. But trade deadline happened. I'm trying to find my bookmarked tweets because that's where I saved all of the trades. So first one, Pat Bev got traded to the Bucks. He's left the Sixers and he's a funny guy. He is such a funny guy. Just he is known for one of the funniest memes where he is celebrating when he's back with the Timberwolves from like qualifying in the playoffs. Uh, he like stood up, ripped off his jersey and was like crying. It's one of the funniest memes ever. But he's with the Bucks. Another one that happened, Dallas Mavericks received P.J. Washington. Charlotte Hornets received Grant Williams, Seth Curry, and a first-round pick. Seth Curry has been passed around so many teams. The brother of Steph Curry. And 
I feel bad for him. I feel bad just being like one of those players that just get transferred around so much. But PJ Washington, great add in. He's been doing some nice stuff with the Mavericks since. Uh, great trade there. Another one that happened the Indiana Pacers received Marcus Morris, Firkin, Quirkmas, and three second round picks. And the Sixers received Buddy Hild. And. Sixers are going to need all they can get right now because Joel Embiid's been out for a while. Hopefully this team doesn't hit a free fall. I'm not going to talk about current scores because I'm recording this on a Wednesday, but they're in a free fall right now in a way. Without him, this team's not the same. My Warriors beat them, and they have Tyrese Maxey. They got Harris, some other guys too, but they need Embiid back. Hopefully this trade helps them too because I think when Embiid's back, they're still contenders. But we know the Sixers. We know them very well. Uh, another trade that happened. Toronto Raptors received Kelly Olynyk. Don't know how to say his name. And the other name. I'm sorry if I pronounce this. Oche Agbahi as well. And the Utah Jazz received Kira Lewis, Otto Porter, and a first-round pick. So good trade there. I don't know much about either team. And either team are not contenders as well in the Raptors and Jazz. Another trade that happened. Charlotte Hornets received Trey Mann and Davis Bertans. And the Oklahoma City Thunder received Gordon Hayward. Nice move here. Nice move here for the Thunder. They get a nice veteran presence here for a very young team. Very successful team. The Oklahoma City Thunder have a great team led by Shai Gilgis-Alexander and Chet Holcrum as well. Holcrum, Holcrum, I should say. Could be rookie of the year, but I think it's going to go to Wemba Nyama with the way he's been playing. But a good, good trade here. Get some nice veteran presence on that Thunder team, and he'll be a nice bench piece. Another trade that happened. A big trade here for the New York Knicks. Pistons received Quinn and Grimes, Evan Fortner, Malachi Flynn, and two future second-round picks. The Knicks received Alec Burks and Bojan Bogdanovich. And good trade here. Uh, the Knicks are a very good team right now. Jalen Brunson, first off, he was snubbed of a starter spot in the All-Star game. Snubbed. But this Knicks team, led by Brunson, Dante DiVincenzo as well, former Warrior, he's been doing great there. Julius Randle's been hurt. But this Knicks team, they have a shot. They have a shot. It's been a while since that's been the case, but they have a shot. Fans should be very excited. Brunson's been like one of the best free agent signings of all time for that team. Uh, Former Dallas Maverick, but great trade here for the Knicks overall. And that, I believe, is the only trades I bookmarked. Uh, Kind of a quiet trade deadline in a way. I might have missed a couple trades or two, but that's the major ones I was able to pick up. But good trade deadline. In a way, the All-Star break is just around the corner. We covered it a bit last week, so I'm not going to cover it too much more since there was no new news. But it should be an exciting game. I definitely recommend everybody watch the game, the All-Star game. It's very fun to watch. Watch the slam dunk contest, too. That's always fun. Steph versus Sabrina should be exciting as well. Uh, I got my money on Steph, but I would not be I would not be shocked if Sabrina won, especially if Sabrina goes first. And then Steph goes second. I have a bad feeling that Steph will lose. So go Steph, though. I always got root for my Warriors. Other NBA stuff. All I got left is standings update. So 
years where I get to talk about my Warriors. Because I love talking about the Warriors. They're hot right now. They are hot. I'm so happy I get to talk about them. On Wednesday, they would be playing the Clippers. And I will be watching that game no matter what. And before that game, though, I don't know if they win or lose that game, obviously. But I'm trying to find the standings. There they are. Warriors are red hot. They are in a five-game winning streak, and now they are in the play-in tournament alongside the Mavericks, Kings, and Lakers. And they've been playing great. Draymond Green has been on fire. He has been on fire since coming back from suspension. That game against the Suns, he was going up against Nurkic, and he owned him. For being smaller, too, he owned him. He's just been great. The last game that they had that I watched, he had a buzzer beater from half court. I, I When he is playing, he is so fun. He is. I hope that he kind of figures out the hitting people and putting people in a chokehold aspect of his game. But when he is playing the way that he plays best, he's great to watch. Seth Curry is incredible. He is absolutely incredible. Well, he was also snubbed of a starter spot alongside Jalen Brunson, but he's just so great. I love watching him. Uh, other players, Clay Thompson. Whew, Clay Thompson. He is a definition of inconsistent right now. He's had some nice games here and there where he will just look like old Clay Thompson, but I think he's starting to accept his role in a way where he might not be on the playing court. In the final minutes, he might be on the bench because some games he's just cold. That's pretty straightforward, but he had a nice game against the Suns. He was like locking down players, too. He had some nice defense, and hopefully they get more of that. Andrew Wiggins is starting to come back, too. Andrew Wiggins, he's been very cold for a while, and I was wanting him traded. I really was. He was a trade target, too. I was hoping he was being traded, but he has been playing nice lately. He really has, and Jonathan Kuminga just been very consistent this season. That starting five of Draymond Green, Kuminga, Wiggins, Steph, and Clay, I think could be a very nice starting five. Hopefully they stay healthy, though. But even just their depth, Gary Payne coming back, he's been great for this team. Great. One of the older players on the team. They just got Moses Moody back. Uh, Pods, the rookie. I don't know how to say his full name. He's been great, too. Great player. He's been on the starting lineup on games where I believe Clay was out one game, so Pods started. He's been nice. And they just got depth. Even a guy like G.Y. Santos has been coming in, too. They've got a lot of young guys just coming in, rotating in. Kevon Looney still has a role. A lot of depth on this team. A lot of depth, and there are some games where this depth helps out this team nice. Early in the season, the depth was in the closing minutes, so I, as a Warriors fan, I'm excited. I'm very excited for this team. I really am, and I'm happy, in a sense, that Cartland's not here, so I could talk about them a bit longer. I love my Warriors. I do. I'm a bandwagon. If you don't know already, I'm a bandwagon, so... I'm excited. They're playing the Clippers in about nine minutes from the time I'm recording. Hopefully they win that game. You all listening would know if they win that game. But standing updates. The Celtics are on fire right now. 43-12. and 12, Six game winning streak on Wednesday. They are on a roll. Cleveland, number two. Bucks, number three. The Bucks. The Bucks. They are on a one game losing streak that might change on Friday. But 
I don't get the Doc Rivers hire. It's already starting to not look good at all. They got killed at home just recently. They got killed at home with their starting lineup. I don't even think they played a good team. I'm going to try to pull up who they played. But, God, this team. this bu- They played the Heat without Jimmy Butler on Tuesday. They lost 123-97 to at home. Doc Rivers was not the right hire. He was not the right hire at all. And they're going to suffer for it. This Bucks team. I know Griffith, Griffin. I think his name is Adrian Griffin. I know he wasn't the best. But replacing him with Doc Rivers midseason might be the biggest mistake of all time. It might be. And they're going to regret it severely. They really are. But they're still number three in the East. Knicks are four. And I praised them just recently. Sixers are holding on for dear life. They are at five. Heat, two-game win streak, are at six. The Orlando Magic actually are having a nice season. They're in the play-in tournament. Pacers, they got Siakam earlier in a trade with the Raptors. So it was an early trade. And they're at the eighth spot. They got Halliburton back, too. Bulls are at nine. Hawks. Hawks, 24-31. and And they have a chance. They really do. That's surprising. Uh, Nets are on the bubble as well outside of the playoffs right now. In the West, the Timberwolves three-game winning streak, 38-16. and 16. Obviously, this will be different on Friday. But they're number one. Thunder, number two. I gave them their praise earlier. Clippers. I hope my Warriors beat them on Wednesday. They are 35-17 and 17 at the moment. The Nuggets are 36-18. and 18. Uh, Dallas, Kings. Uh, Lakers and Warriors are in the playing tournament. So it's getting interesting now. It really is in the NBA. This is kind of the time of year where it gets interesting. They're over halfway done now. And, oh, man. Uh, Nope. I just got a highlight of something that did not happen. Thank you, NBA app, for just... It was like something with Steph Curry with a half-court shot, but it was a previous highlight. My bad, everybody. But it's getting interesting now. The... Also, break is just around the corner, I believe, this weekend. So definitely watch that. It's going to be entertaining. We'll probably talk about it next week on Under the Lights. So Friday games that will be happening in the NBA since that's when everyone's listening. There are no Friday games. There's only Thursday games, which would have already happened. Uh, Warriors and Jazz played. So maybe the Warriors win two games here. Hopefully. I'm praying. Bucks Grizzlies played on Thursday. Timberwolves Trailblazers played on Thursday. There are no games Friday, no games Saturday. Yep, the All-Star game is on Sunday. So Friday starts So today, when you are listening to this, the All-Star festivities begin. Highly recommend you watch them. I think Saturday are like the skills stuff, and Sunday is the game. East versus West. No more draft or any of that. So definitely stay tuned in the NBA. We'll talk all about it. Uh, next week on Under the Lights, most likely. And Carlin should probably be making some TikToks with that. So definitely check out his TikToks. He's been doing pretty well with them lately. Hopefully I'll get on that train too. But NHL, we're going to hop to now. NHL. The Blues and Blackhawks will play in the 2025 Winter Classic at Wrigley Field. Blues and Blackhawks, they definitely do have a good rivalry. They really do. And I'm excited for that. These Winter Classic games, they're always so fun to watch. Just the stadium, the aspect of it. It always just feels like a much bigger game, even though it's just a normal game. It's just a normal game in the regular season. 
but I'm excited for this game. It's going to be very exciting. And I will most likely watch it in 2025. I most likely will. But I don't got a lot for you guys with NHL this week. There wasn't any big stories. But standing update, actually, before I get to that, Friday game. There's only one game on Friday. Hurricanes versus Coyotes. Coyotes actually aren't that bad this year. They're not as bad as they usually are. But that's the only game on Friday. It will be on the NHL Network. And then Saturday, there are a lot of games. A lot of games on Saturday, so definitely check those out. Including, I believe my Pittsburgh Penguins play. Do they play? Uh, Oh, they might not play. My Pittsburgh Penguins do not play on Saturday. They play on Sunday. On You can watch it on ESPN Plus if you are not in the local area that play the Kings. And my Penguins. Oof, let's start with them. Because, like I said, Carlin is at a Penguin game right now as I'm recording this on Wednesday. Oof. They are losing right now to the Florida Panthers. And right now the score is 5-2. to two. <sighs> Pittsburgh Penguins. It's sad. It's sad what this team has come to. I... Ah, man. It's tough. It's tough. They're not in the wild card spot. They're, they still have hope. But I think, as a Penguins fan, we had a great run in 2016, 2017, winning those back-to-back cups. We haven't been close since that. We haven't been close. And I think it's time we start wondering if this era of Penguins hockey is over or not. I think it's time we start talking about that because I don't know anymore. I don't know if this core can win it all. Uh, They just, at most, they've been first-round exits. Since then, the year after they won the 2017 Stanley Cup, they lost in the second round to the Capitals. But ever since that, they have either, they've, Majority of the time, they've been first-round exits. A couple of those teams have been nice. The one team that was very nice, in my opinion, was when we lost to the Rangers, I believe it was. Yeah, we lost to the... No, it wasn't the Rangers. It was the team where we lost to the Islanders the second time. And we lost because of Tristan Jari just absolutely selling. I think that team was our best team on paper in the past recent years. And I just don't know now. I like getting Eric Carlson, and he's been great for us. I just don't know if this core has it anymore. And Jake Gensel has been huge talks in the trade market. A lot of teams are looking at Jake Gensel. He's going to be a guy that the Penguins would have to re-sign. You have to wonder, do you blow it up? I know guys like Latane, Malkin, and Crosby want to finish as Penguins. But do you blow it up? Do you? Because you could go all in still. It's still an option. Penguins have usually just sucked in general when it comes to draft picks lately. Because we usually don't have many. But do you still have the mindset of we have Crosby, Malkin, and Latang? We want to keep going for the Stanley Cup every year. We want to keep going all in. Do you still have that mentality? Or do you say it's over? We blow it up now. Crosby's traded, maybe. I don't think we'd ever do that. But Gensel's traded. Guys like that, do you blow it up in that sense? 
it's a tough decision. It is. They brought in Kyle Dubas to essentially not do that. They brought him in to really still contend, but be conservative with trading away the future. That's kind of where this team is right now. They still want to contend, but they don't want to give up their future. That could hurt them, essentially. It's an old core. It really is an old core. Crosby, Malkin, Latang are old. Carlson is not young at all. It's a very old team. They took a gamble with Jari. He leads the league in shutouts, though. I'll give him that. But I don't know. I don't know. It's tough. Hopefully get a Penguin game soon. It's been a while since I've been to one. But Carlin wanted me to let you all know that they're not good right now. And they are old. Uh, I don't know what this team does going forward. I don't know. We will see, though. We will see. Uh, other standing updates. I completely turned off my phone during that discussion. Uh, Metropolitan Division Rangers. Great. Great team they have. Younger team. They have uh, Carolina and in Philly, Philly, the Flyers, 29, 19, and 6, the Flyers. Oh, my goodness. Um, John Tortorella, head coach there. I guess he is doing wonders for the Flyers right now. Wow. Never thought I would ever say that the Flyers are better than the Penguins right now. That's sad. That is very sad. Bruins, Panthers, Lightning, top of the Atlantic. Two wildcard teams right now are the Toronto Maple Leafs and the Detroit Red Wings, who Lance Johnson, shout out to him, told me he's a fan of the Detroit Red Wings. So shout out to them. But Penguins are seven spots out of that uh, wildcard spot. The season is just over halfway done, and the Penguins have actually played the least amount of games out of any team in the East right now. So that is in the Penguins' advantage right now. But it's still too early to tell. It's just over halfway done the season. Penguins might have a shot, though. I don't know. Western Conference, Dallas, Avalanche, Winnipeg, top three teams in the Central. Uh, Pacific, Vancouver, continues to be one of the best teams in the league. Them, Vegas, and Edmonton, who Edmonton, really has rebounded from their disastrous start of the season. I feel like they use Jay Woodcroft as a scapegoat, their former head coach, but it's worked. Whatever happens, happens. But Edmonton has really rebounded, though. Kings and St. Louis are in the wildcard spots. Shock St. Louis is up there still. That surprises me. Um, In the West, Minnesota not being as good kind of sucks because... Even after last year, they were looking pretty well. They had a nice playoff battle against Dallas, and sucks that they aren't as good, too. Sucks to see Flurry as well. His last days there, I'd rather them be in Pittsburgh. But in the league overall, the best team is Vancouver still. 78 points on Wednesday, obviously. That could change. Worst team in the league, Chicago. Connor Medard, I believe, has still been out. With his injury, so they are not relevant until he comes back. And they are probably going to get lucky and have the first overall pick again in the NHL draft. So, lucky Chicago, I guess. They don't deserve it. But, that's going to be it for NHL this week. Other sports news. Uh, The Astros signed Jose Altuve 
to a five-year, $125 million contract extension. This is the first $300 million second baseman in MLB history. Shout out to Altuve. Great player. And the Astros, I don't like the Astros ever since their cheating scandal, but they continue to be a great team overall. So shout out to them for that move. Uh, Corlin wanted me to tell all of you this. He just texted me before I started recording. In the baseball world, pitchers and catchers started reporting today. He wanted me to mention that. So the MLB season is underway. I'm very excited. I want to start to like pay attention to it more. One for the podcast, but... I don't know. The Pirates have just sucked the past couple of years, so I've not paid attention as much. But even working for radio at WVU, shout out to you, 92, by the way. Uh, Pledge drive has been happening, and I believe it just—I believe it's ended by the time that this drops. But if you still ever want to donate to United in the Moose, definitely do that, uh, or definitely give it a listen. Student radio at WVU, definitely check that out. But. I want to pay attention to MLB more. I'm going to do a better job of it because I know Carlin wants to make a lot of MLB episodes. So once that kind of starts up, I'll start paying attention a lot more. I'll definitely do that. Uh, other news in the sports world, WrestleMania news. And I'm going to talk about it because last week we did. We talked about WrestleMania last week with Dwayne The Rock Johnson returning and everybody was mad because Cody Rhodes got screwed. And... New week has happened, and we got some answers. We got some answers. And I think Cody Cody is back. The We Want Cody hashtag has worked. Cody Rhodes is in the main event of WrestleMania where he will fight Roman Reigns. He chose Roman at the press conference in Vegas. He changed his mind. Doesn't fully make sense, but I think Cody fighting Roman now I don't think it was planned at the start. I think they wanted to do Rock versus Roman, but because of the outrage, they had to pivot. It's a clear pivot, but they've made it work, man. They've made it work because at that press conference, The Rock stood side by side with Roman, slapped Cody in the face for disrespecting his family, even though Co- or even though Roman Reigns suspected Co- disrespected Cody's family by saying that Dusty Rhodes was irrelevant. And then that led to a big fight between Rock, Roman, and then Cody and Seth Rollins. And Seth Rollins just said on Monday Night Raw that he will be in Cody Rhodes' corner. He will be his shield. Wink, wink. little reference to shield days between Seth, Roman, and Dean Ambrose. But very exciting. It seems, I don't know if The Rock's going to fight though at WrestleMania. I think he will. There's no way he's been like training because he said on Pat McAfee he's been training and all that. There's no way he doesn't fight. It's heavily rumored that it could be a tag match between Rock and Roman versus Cody and Seth, which could happen. It'd be weird if it happened at WrestleMania. I thought it would happen at Elimination Chamber, but it'd be weird if, like, Seth's pulling double duty and Cody's pulling... Like, if they're all pulling double duty at WrestleMania. I don't know. I don't know their plans. I don't. I hope the Rock gets a match, though. But... I'm excited. I really am. I thought Rock would be in a triple threat with Roman and Cody, but it seems like the Rock and Roman are side by side in this instance. So I'm excited. Heel Rock, bad guy Rock is always very exciting too. So I'm going to be excited. I've also been discussing to myself, which 
podcast, I would discuss WWE on in a way because WWE is sports entertainment, which is essentially in the dead middle of inside the dome and beyond the dome because inside is sports beyond is entertainment. WWE is right in the middle of all of that. So maybe at some point in the podcast future, we will talk WWE exclusive and then I'll have to make a decision of which podcast it would be on either inside or beyond the dome. So that's a little future thing. I will have to think about right now though. It's on inside the dome because at least with the rock story, uh, all the sports media outlets were covering the rock returning and the Cody controversy. So that's why it's on inside the dome right now, but WrestleMania, we'll definitely talk about it a little bit. Probably have a WrestleMania episode. Once that happens, very excited for that event. It's always very good, but Cody, he got his justice. Cody road has got his justice. Very excited for that. Uh, other news that happened in the sports world. Bill O'Brien is the new head coach for Boston college. And wow. Surprising in a way, because Bill O'Brien, recently accepted the job to be the offensive coordinator for the Ohio State Buckeyes, who, might I add, Ohio State is going all in. They're going all in with the team they got. Will Howard, quarterback, uh, the running backs they got, they're going all in. A lot of guys stayed. So, shocking that Bill O'Brien left, but now he's a head coach for Boston College, who the Boston College head coach, previous one, went to Green Bay to be their defensive coordinator, which we said a couple weeks ago. But, Good move for Bill O'Brien. It seems like he's out of the NFL world for now. Uh, He tried. Well, just looking at what Bill O'Brien's done lately. He was with the Texans as their GM and head coach. That failed after a while. That infamous DeAndre Hopkins for David Johnson trade. Never forget it. Uh, He left there, became the offensive coordinator for Alabama. And he was their coordinator for Bryce Young, I believe. And then after two years of that, he went to be the offensive coordinator for the New England Patriots for one year. That did not work out very well, and that offense still sucked. And Bill Belichick saw the job, and so was O'Brien. So now he went to Ohio State to be offensive coordinator. That lasted about a month at most, and now he is the head coach for Boston College. So excited to see how that goes. It's always nice to be a head coach for an organization. But we'll see how it goes. We'll probably update it throughout the college season. Other news. Chip Kelly leaves as the UCLA head coach to be the new Ohio State University offensive coordinator. So they replaced right away. This is kind of the opposite of Bill O'Brien. He left the offensive coordinator position to be a head coach. Chip Kelly decides he doesn't want to be a head coach anymore for UCLA. He wants to demote himself in a way. And be the offensive coordinator for Ohio State. And I feel like it was Chip Kelly who was the guy who a couple months ago he was talking about how like the conferences moving around and shifting is bad for the sport and all that. And now he just decides to ditch UCLA. And what's interesting with UCLA is they're joining the Big Ten. And so essentially he will have to play against this former team. So, yeah, I don't get it, maybe. Maybe, I guess maybe being the coordinator for for Ohio State has more value than being a head coach at UCLA. That sucks for the players, though. That sucks when your head coach decides, like, I'm out, 
and I'm just going to be a coordinator for now your rival team. It's kind of a low blow. I'm not going to lie. But Chip Kelly decided to do that. But a couple other things that we'll get to. I don't even know if we're going to hit an hour today. We might. I might drag out these last couple. We got to, we got a little, like, ugh, my words, 51 minutes already. We got about eight minutes now. But WVU Sports, the men's basketball team sucks. It sucks. I'm not on U92 radio, so I can give a couple of my true thoughts. But they're not good right now. They just, oh, man, it hurts to talk about them. It hurts. They got killed by TCU the other night. They did. And it was like 80-something to 60-something. Then the game before that, though, as my phone loads, they got destroyed by Texas. And might I say, too, Texas was ranked at one point earlier in the season. And WVU beat them 76-73. to And it was a big upset at home. And it's like... Okay, this team can make some noise. They can make some plays. And you look at it now, they lose like, up. Oh, we got 94 to 58. They lost against Texas. They got killed. And when they beat Texas, they didn't even have Jesse Edwards. Now they did in this recent game, and they got killed. Then they got killed against DCU as well, 81 to 65. I don't know with this team anymore. They have not won a single game away. Might I add, all of their wins, all their eight wins have been at home, which is absolutely embarrassing. So I've lost faith in a way. At most, they could play spoiler to a couple other Big 12 teams. They play Baylor on Saturday at 6 p.m. on ESPN2. Baylor is number 12 in the nation. They're 18 and 6. We are 8 and 16. That's great. That's great. We're probably going to lose, but I have faith because it's at home. And for some reason, we like to upset teams at home. So. I will not be there in person for that game, though, because I will be at home because I'll be at the Drake concert the night before. But good luck, WVU. You're going to need that. Women's team, though, continues to be stellar, absolutely stellar. They're the number 24 team in the nation. They play on Saturday against the number 23 team, Oklahoma, who is 18-6. WVU is 21-3, and the women's team. A lot more fun to cover on the radio as well because they're actually good. They recently just beat TCU 77-52, to 52. so when the men's team failed to do it, the women's team did it. Though they lost to Baylor 65-58 on last Saturday. Bit of a bad loss there. But this team's been nice, though. This team's been nice to watch. And they got some tough, tough competition. They play Oklahoma, who's ranked number 23. Play Kansas State, who's ranked number 7. And play Baylor, who's 21. So a rematch they get against Baylor. So it's going to be exciting for the women's team. And I'll probably talk about them more. Because the men's team is not worth talking about. But final thing I think I'm going to talk about today on Under the Lights by myself. Thank you all who bared with me this whole time. The Pittsburgh Steelers. We get to talk about them for the rest of the hour. First off, they released three players. Mitch Trubisky, Presley Harvin, and Chooks Okorafor. I'll I'll break down each one. Trubisky, it did not work out. The first year they brought him, uh, they wanted him to initially be the starter, and Kenny Pickett eventually took that job. Then going into this recent season, kind of a cheap deal he was on, and he actually reduced his salary, I believe, or his cap hit. So Trubisky was the ideal backup 
He really was, on paper. He was the ideal backup for Kenny Pickett. But then when Trubisky actually had to start, it failed miserably, and Mason Rudolph proved that he could get the job done. So essentially at that point, Trubisky did not have a role. He would not even compete for the backup role anymore, so it made sense for him to be gone. What's interesting now, actually I'll wait till that point. Other other releases, Presley Harvin, oh, he is so inconsistent. I was hoping for so many things with Presley Harvin. He looks so exciting coming out of college. The trick plays that Presley Harvin did. He made some fantastic throws on trick plays. And I don't think we did one with him in his like three years with us. Extremely disappointing with his tenure here with us. So, But he had to go, though. He was just so inconsistent, especially in the playoffs, too. Okor for he lost his spot. He had a starting spot at right tackle. He lost it to, to uh, I think he was suspended one game because of, well, he wasn't suspended. The team benched him because of an altercation he had. And then, uh, ooh, Broderick Jones took his spot at right tackle for the rest of the year. So at that point, he was not going to be a starting tackle for us. At most, Dan Moore might still be a starting tackle, but I could see the Steelers draft a new starting tackle as well. So it makes sense. But the quarterback position is interesting. Last thing I'm going to talk about for under the lights. You got Mason Rudolph, who kind of said he would appreciate a fresh start in a way. So he might not be with us. But to be honest, I don't know what kind of backup role Mason Rudolph is going to get. But you got that. Then you got the big rumor. Justin Fields is a favorite to land with the Steelers. I don't know. I will say this. I am a believer in Kenny Pickett in the sense that he deserves one more shot. I am big on quarterbacks getting three years to prove themselves, like their first year, second year, third year as a rookie to third year. I think three years is the best window to determine if he is the guy or not. You look at other examples. Uh, Tua, it took him his third year to prove that he was a starter for the Dolphins. Same with Josh Allen, took him three years. But then you got some examples where three years proved that he's not the guy. Mac Jones, after his third year, Patriots know he's not the answer. Zach Wilson, probably after year two, but year three kind of proved that it's low for him. Three years is the magic number. I think Kenny Pickett should be the guy in year three. Mason Rudolph should be brought back as the backup to maybe challenge him a bit. But I'd give Kenny Pickett the keys to the starting role with Arthur Smith as the coordinator. I would say no to Justin Fields coming here. Because then there's also money concerns and draft pick concerns. You're not getting him as a free agent. You would have to trade for him. Essentially, you would probably give up a second round pick at minimum. And take his contract too. You would also have to decide if you want his fifth-year option or not. I feel like if you do all that, you would essentially be saying he is the starter. And I'm not that confident in that. I would rather just take the risk with Kenny for one more year, see what happens, and then move on with Kenny after that. Maybe he is the guy. Maybe Arthur Smith will help him. Because I think Matt Canada has really dragged down Kenny Pickett over his first two years. And his first game without Matt Canada, it was great. And then he got injured. But I have faith in Kenny Pickett. I do. I would rather the Steelers roll with him, sign Mason Rudolph as the backup, or even sign Tannehill as the backup. If Mason Rudolph leaves, I'd rather get Ryan Tannehill. 
He knows Arthur Smith and his system. I'd be more confident in Tannehill pushing Kenny Pickett than giving away capital for Justin Fields. I think Kenny Pickett deserves one more year. And I also think this is Tomlin's prove it year here. Because if Arthur Smith fails, if Kenny Pickett fails, I feel like you clean sweep, get Ben Johnson from the lines, draft a new quarterback. That's what I think. Keep Kenny Pickett, either re-sign Rudolph or sign Ryan Tannehill. I think that's the way they should go. We will see, though. But that's one hour gone. I nailed that perfectly. So thank you all for listening to Under the Lights this week. Thank you for bearing with me for one hour. It was very fun doing it. Next Inside the Dome episode, Carlin should be on. But this will probably be the last Inside the Dome episode for this week. Definitely check out Beyond the Dome, though. We got two episodes dropping over the weekend for Beyond the Dome. One being us reacting to trailers from the Super Bowl. We're going to talk about those. And also reviewing Madam Web, which has gotten horrendous reviews so far. You will hear our review most likely on Sunday for that. And it will probably be a bad review if I had to guess. But you will get that on Sunday. So definitely stay tuned for those two episodes as well. But I'm going to wrap it up here. My voice, I'm losing it. But make sure to follow us on our social medias, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, and TikTok. This episode will probably not be on YouTube. Most Under Lights episodes are. This one probably won't be. Make sure to follow both TikToks inside and beyond the dome. Carlin's been doing a great job managing both of those. So definitely check those out. You can find all those links and all of our podcast platforms in our link in bio. If you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts or Overcast. Go to the podcast website and click the link in bio there. But other than that, thank you all for listening to me for the past hour. I hope you all enjoyed this episode very much. I am John Dadera. Have a great day, everybody, and see you next time on Inside the Dome.